What it do, underdogs? It's your host, YB. This is the finale. This is the end. We love you. Me and Jay both. We're doing things a bit different today. Um, I'm just going to be breaking down the NBA. Then I'm going to pass it on to Jay, and he's going to cover the NFL. After that, I'm going to go come cover the MLB and the National Hockey League, and he's going to finish it off with some UFC and boxing. And, yeah, we just want to thank you guys for the opportunity to do this, you know, to have even a platform of a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, there's probably 20 people listening. doesn't matter if there's 20 or 20,000. doesn't matter. It's amazing, everyone that listens, every single individual. We love you guys. Let's get into it. So, the NWA, um, first off, before we even get into any hoop news or any sports news, I just want to, I just want to, like, give attention to, so, me, I'm from... I'm from Yonkers, New York. I've lived in New Mexico most of my life uh, here on Rio Rancho. But uh, Jay, he's from Albuquerque, I believe. And he lives in Colorado now. But he's been in New Mexico most of his life. Uh, I just want to say rest in power to the New Mexico star, uh, J.B. White. He actually just got shot and killed uh, Saturday morning. And it's a tragic death. Uh, Every death is tragic in its own way. But it's just so sad seeing such a promising young athlete doing that you know what I mean like not being able to live out his NBA dream he actually just committed to the Lobos um they would have had a hell of a hell of a guard combo guard forward combo he was six seven freakish athlete but um shout out and prayers going to his family all right uh now into hoops NBA and WNBA my girl Sabrina Ionescu from the New York Liberty man she actually has a level three sprain ankle and it kind of sucks because she was hooping, I'm telling you. Her first game, she had a solid 12, like a cool 12 points. 12, 6, and 6, I believe. Uh, second game, she had about 30-something points, you know what I mean? We, we talked about it the last podcast, but she is amazing. She's a not a freak athlete, but like her her skill level is honestly through the roof. It's It exceeded expectations, I guess, the way that she transitioned from college to the league. But she's out for at least a month, sadly. But I think she'll be good, you know, pretty soon, hopefully. <laughs> now, in other NBA news, Michael Porter Jr. dropped 37 points on the Nug- on the Nuggets win on Monday. And it was an overtime win, too, against the Thunder. And the Thunder are, like, they're probably a sleeper for the West, in my opinion. They're, they're a sleeper to me because they're so good, like, all around, like CP3 is not washed up. He's still good. You got Shai Gilgis Alexander. Um, you have they have just like a lot of young people on that squad. You know what I mean? But they all click together very well, and it's amazing to see that. Now Zion, he actually played down the stretch to win uh, a game on Monday against the Grizzlies, which is you know has the rookie of the year and John Morant. Just saying, uh, it was cool because he said he's like. He said, I felt alive again. You know what I mean? Because he really hasn't played, like, competitively too much. He played a cool 19 games uh, this season, like, before the bubble restarted. He had a cool 19 games. And that's really not a lot. You know what I mean? But I'm just glad that he's going to be back. He's going to get back in his groove slowly. And he's just as explosive as a, like, a young LeBron James. You know what I mean? And LeBron, as we know, he's been vocal on and off the court uh, for multiple multiple occasions. He actually walked in, uh, he had a shirt on, and it said 8.46, but like as a clock almost, you know what I mean, like a stopwatch maybe? It said 8, semicolon, 46. 
And underneath underneath that number on his shirt was the word Minneapolis. And there was a bunch of other stopwatches on his shirt with different names of different cities with all the same time on it. And the reason the reasoning behind that was because 46-year-old George Floyd had Officer Derek Chauvin, uh, his knee was on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, as it was reported. And then after LeBron came out and wore that shirt or something, people, want they want to correct it, you know. Of course, it's what all analysts want. They just want a story. They corrected it, and they're like, it was actually 7 minutes and 46 seconds. But, like, it's just the message behind this gesture was very powerful. And LeBron, he is the face of the league, even in his 17th season. When people think basketball right now, they think LeBron, because LeBron is one of the greatest of all time. He's still playing. So it's amazing to see that. But... Uh, another news, one of the younger players right now in Jaron Jackson, he's amazing, explosive, really good forward. He actually just injured his knee. Uh, he had a meniscus tear, so he's done for the season, which really sucks because they're pushing. They're, they're in the seed right now, the Grizzlies, but anything can happen right now, especially in this bubble because, like, we see people like TJ Warren going off for, damn, 53 points. Like, that is insane to me. That is absolutely insane to me. The only way I knew who T.J. Warren was was because Jimmy Butler was blowing kisses at him earlier this season. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's interesting. It's cool to see. It's cool to see, it's cool to see unknown, like, not unknown, but, like, under-the-radar players pop off. Like, it's amazing to see that, you know what I mean? Not sure if y'all remember, but, like, two, three years ago, uh, Yogi Ferrell, he was on the Dallas Mavericks. I think he's in the San Antonio, or not the Spurs. Sacramento, I'm sorry. Sacramento Kings now. But he popped off for like a, a good 40, a 30-something point game. And he had 10 days left in his contract. And then they went and extended him for like two years because he had a crazy good game. Then he had like a, a few other better games. It was pretty interesting. Cool to see that. But Ben Simmons actually partially located his dislocated his kneecap. And he's considering treatment right now. Uh, he's considering it because, of course, he wants to get better. But like at the same time, he's a little nervous about it because... You're in the bubble right now, and, like, the playoffs are about to start. I think next week, I believe. So he doesn't want to really, like, take that risk and, like, screw his team up. Because he knows he's a big part of the team. Like, he's one of the vocal leaders of that team. In my opinion, he's the leader. Like, uh, it's, I mean, it's, I know it's him and Joel, but, like, Ben Simmons is more irreplaceable, I can say. Because you can find a good center in the league. Like, obviously, like, Joel is one of the best, but, like, you can find... You can't find a 6'10 point guard. That's what I'm saying, you know? Unless you count Giannis as a point guard, Giannis and Braun or something. But <laughs> Ben Simmons' skill set is amazing. It's unmatched. Um, we'll see what he does. I hope I hope he comes back during this bubble thing, whatever it is. We'll see. Um, Magic forward Jonathan Isaac's jersey sales have surged drastically after he stood up in the national anthem. It was really interesting to see. It was kind of weird. I didn't like it personally, but hey, everyone has their you know freedom of speech. Uh, every other player has been kneeling. They've been kneeling down for the national anthem, as we've seen, wearing the shirts of Black Lives Matter. I love to see it. Love to see it. Jonathan Isaac is the first person that did not kneel down with them, and he actually stood like, standing straight up. So he was standing straight up, and apparently, like, in my opinion, I guess it's white America. Um, the people that, the people that say, "Oh, Black Lives like that's that's dumb. Black Lives Matter is a dumb, dumb thing. It's a dumb saying or what analogy, whatever." <clears throat> but 
for those of y'all that do think that, let me put this like this way. This is the best analogy I've heard so far. So far, the best analogy I've heard is if a fire department gets a call for a house that's on fire, they're going to go put the, that fire out, correct? And if the fire department gets to that house and someone else is like, hey, can you pull water on my house too? And if, what's the fire department going to say? They're going to say, uh, ma'am, your house is not on fire. They're going to say, well, why does that house matter more than mine? Be the reason it does right now is because that's the one that needs it. That's the house that needs the attention. And right now, the Black Lives Matter movement, that is what needs the attention right now in America because white people have not been like racially oppressed the same way white, black, like not black, but white, Spanish, brown, whatever, like the same way that black people have been in America as of recently, I guess. I mean, always, but especially it's coming to light now. And people are saying like racism is like, is uh, coming back. No, like racism, racism has always been here, but is now it is being recorded. That's the only difference from now, from like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now it's being recorded. That's the the great thing about these these phones we got right here. These phones are amazing, and we got to use them as uh, we have to use them as tools. You know what I mean? We have to use them correctly and use our platforms, use our voices. But. That's what that's what someone's doing. That's what people are doing nowadays. And people see it on Twitter all the time. And we love to see it because that's the best news source right now, sadly. And that's all I got for the NBA. I'm going to pass it to Jay for the NFL news. Take it away, Jay. Thank you, YB. Um, yeah, so go, getting into the NFL news, um, obviously we've had the uh, 2020 NFL uh, Top 100 list drop recently. And, um, you know, controversy aside, um, it's been around for 10 years. And in those 10 years, only four players have gone 10 for 10 in making the list. And um, I think that's a huge accomplishment, a huge achievement to say, hey, I've been in this league for 10 years, the highest, um, the highest skill league of this sport. I'm a professional and I've been the best one of the best at my positions for 10 years, respected by my, by the people I play with, people I play against, you know what I mean? Everyone in the league thinks that I'm a top 100 player every single year. You know, that's a huge accomplishment for any player, but obviously for Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, it probably won't mean anything to them because their their careers are so far down the line that right now all they're really worried about is, you know, probably securing a Super Bowl or, you know, making certain decisions in their career, like Tom Brady to, you know, go pursue something else, you know, but I mean, respect to all these dudes, tip of the cap to all four of them, you know, uh, I don't think people would understand how hard it would be to, for 10 years to be, you know, at least top 20 in the league at, at your position, you know, that's just like average, but on to the next um, NFL news, well, not really NFL, but football news, we have The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson buys the XFL for $15 million. And um, I think that this is an, an extremely smart um, business decision for the XFL because if you knew um, Vince McMahon actually run, ran the XFL, he was the owner, commissioner, whatever. And obviously, Vince McMahon has ties to the WWE, and so does The Rock. So... You know, I feel like maybe Vince McMahon said, you know, I think that The Rock would be a nice face for the league. Um, 
you know, and then The Rock had to pay a price. But I think it's extremely smart because if someone came up to me and said, hey, you know, there's going to be a football league and The Rock's going to run it and it's going to be rough and it's going to be uh, it's going to be catered more towards the fan, you know, sign me up. Like, that sounds amazing, you know, so that's that's um that's definitely some big news, you know, to look out for these next few months. But um, starting with the NFL practices, um, we have Tom Brady looking sharp in his first um, Bucks workout with the media. And um, just like I said, man, you give Tom Brady some good receivers and, you know, he's going to look good. Not like obviously he's a good quarterback, but, you know, with the receiving core he had last year, you know, it was really hard for him to shine. But, you know, with some of the best receivers in the league with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, everyone else who's over there working out with them, you know, they got Gronk, OJ Howard, um, you know, they have they have a squad down there. So, um, you know, of course, Tom Brady is going to look sharp out there making his throws. You know, one thing I love about Tom Brady is that he knows like he's not a mobile quarterback. So he knows that he has to, you know, work and work in the pocket. You know, his pocket presence is amazing. So, you know, it just gives more hype for people that are ready to see him. Um, you know, step on the field for the Bucks, but, um, you know, last week we had a discussion, you know, we had a, we had a conversation about, um, Alex Smith and his injury, um, Ron Rivera, the new head coach for the Washington football team, not the Washington Redskins anymore, um, he came out and said that Alex Smith, that he can envision Alex Smith becoming part of the QB competition, and I definitely agree with that because before Alex Smith was hurt, you know, he was he was the best quarterback that the Redskins could have had at the time, you know, the, on the field. So I definitely agree with this. Um, I definitely agree with this uh, quote by Ron Rivera saying he can envision Alex Smith being in the QB competition because, um, you know, Alex Smith is a baller, but he just had a horrific injury that held him back, you know, obviously, you know, who would be in that competition, you know, Alex Smith, it'd be Dwayne Haskins, and I'm really not sure who else, uh, I'm pretty sure obviously there was someone else before Dwayne Haskins, but, um, I see Alex Smith becoming healthy, you know, having his arm back, you know, hopefully he can get his, uh, love for the game back, I'm not sure if that ever left, but I mean, if you have a horrific injury like that, and football almost takes your life away, you know, you might not, might not be as excited to play, if that makes sense, but, um, on to probably one of the most interesting topics is that the Seattle Seahawks are monitoring the Antonio Brown situation, and they're open to Josh Gordon returning, so let's start with Josh Gordon, last year, um, he played on the Patriots, or let's go back two years, he played on the Patriots, he got suspended, um, the Patriots gave him another chance, and then this next this last season, then out of the blue in this last season, they put him on the IR list and they released him. Not not saying really why they they were just oh his knee inju- his knee's injured and and Josh Gordon's like uh, no it's not. So they released Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon goes to Seattle and he tests positive for who knows what you know the NFL never says. They just say that they broke the drug policy or whatever. So, Josh Gordon's gone. A.B., obviously, everyone knows what happened with him. Um, he just received an eight-game suspension. And um, 
So Seattle, Seattle is just monitoring um, Antonio Brown throughout these next eight weeks because he can still sign to a team, but obviously he'll be suspended eight weeks into the season. So right now the Seahawks are monitor- monitoring him to make sure, you know, staying out of trouble, you know, making sure that uh, he looks he looks good. But um, also another wideout um, in the NFL, we have Arizona wideout DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best in the league. Um, he expects his relationship with Kyler Murray to flourish. And, um, you know, I think we all expect that, you know, because we all know who DeAndre Hopkins is as a person. We know that he's a feisty guy, but, I mean, you can tell that there's a lot of good there. You know, he's been through a lot in his life. So, you know, that's how dudes are when they've been through a lot. You know, they're angry at first, but when you get to know him, they're probably the most likely, you know, the best dudes to be around. So, um. You know, so Kyler Murray can learn a lot from DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, back to uh, vice versa. So I expect their relationship to flourish, especially if they're winning games, you know. And I, I see DeAndre Hopkins, you know, having an amazing season. But on of someone who's not going to have an amazing season, we have C.J. Mosley. Um, he opted out of the season, uh, unfortunately. Uh, we have a uh, Lions receiver Allison who opted out, and um, uh, tight end uh, Lacoste from the Patriots is the eighth Patriot to opt out. So you know this is huge because C.J. Mosley is you know a really good um, a really good linebacker. You know I'm not sure Allison of the um, for the Lions receiver. I really don't know who that is, but. Um, you know, every opt-out matters because that's another dude who's going to have to step up. And especially if it's a if it's a um, first-unit guy like C.J. Mosley, a starter who's opting out, you know, it's going to take it's going to take a lot more to refill that spot than it is going to take for the Patriots to refill the cost. But that's just another problem for the Patriots is they do not have a tight end game. They could have went and got Randy Moss's son. They didn't. So now they're just stuck with, like, more worse options at um, tight end. And that's what makes our running game so weak. But, you know, opting out, you know, there's, I feel like uh, more people will opt out. We're just we're just seeing the start of it. You know, there's still like a whole another month and a half before football actually starts. So, you know, we'll see. But onto a team that does have a lot of depth, especially at the tight end position, we have the Cleveland Browns. So a few weeks ago, David Njoku um, requested a trade from the Browns. And we were all confused. We were thinking maybe he was like, you know, it has something to do with Baker. It has something to do with the coaches. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of news. They were just like, oh, David Njoku has requested a trade. And that was it. They didn't really say why. But he came out recently and he said he's all in on the Cleveland Browns after requesting a trade. so, you know, this means a lot for the Browns because, you know, they just added another tight end. They just added another running back. Um, so, you know, that's going to help their running game even more. And David Njoku is definitely talented at his position. You know, he just, I'm pretty sure he ended up with the injury this last season. So that's why people didn't really get to, you know, see what his um, what his capabilities were. But, I mean, if he's all in, you know, I really hope the best for him because that means a lot for the Browns because, you know, if you have two tight ends 
and then you have OBJ and you have Jarvis Landry out there with them out wide. And then you have Nick Chubb or um, Kareem Hunt in the backfield. You know, that's a pretty dangerous offense. I, I think so. So, you know, it's definitely important that he's all in. Um, you know, I'm going to hand it. Uh, I'm going to hand the um, MLB notes off to YB. And then I'll come back with the for the UFC. Thanks, YB. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jay. And I'll take off with the MLB notes right now. Let's get into it. Now, on to the MLB. Major League Baseball, man. Nine-time star. Nine-time all-star. Sorry. Yadir. Yadir. I can't even say his name. I think it's Yadir Molina. Pronounces Tuesday. Or announced Tuesday. He is one of seven Cardinal players to have a positive test on the COVID-19. So he's one of seven on the Cardinals. That's kind of a lot of players, honestly. Obviously, it's not as much as a freaking um, Kansas City Royals, but man, that was ridiculous. Rose Rose had nineteen or eighteen, I believe. Ridiculous. That's careless, honestly. Carelessness, but whatever. Um, the MLB is actually reducing the rosters as well, starting Thursday, which was yesterday. So starting Thursday, it's going to remain at twenty eight. Until they're gonna put it at twenty eight, and it's gonna remain at twenty eight through the postseason till the end of it, because I mean usually it's thirty players. I'm not sure if you guys knew that, but usually they have thirty players on each roster. But in for for COVID's sake, they're only having twenty eight. Which people are like, what's two players gonna do? But two players here and there, like from twenty teams, like you know ten teams, twenty teams, like forty players. You know what I mean? So that does make a difference. Now. The Atlanta Braves' Mike Sakara is done for the season with a torn Achilles. We hate to see it, and he is a big key piece of that team. Like, I mean, all players on the MLB, I think, are difference makers in some certain way. They always bring something to the field. They either bring, like, hustle. They either bring good pitching, good hitting, good playmaking, like something. You know what I mean? They always bring something. So that's, that's a tough loss for them, especially with the playoffs and the shortened season. But it is what it is. Um, Max Scherzer actually exits for after one inning with a tweaked hamstring. And he said he's not concerned at all. He's like, I'm not concerned. Like, he knows that it's not, like, personally, he said he knows that it's not, like, a season-ending injury. He's probably going to be benched for, like, a few games. But, like, he's not concerned at all. Like, no worries. He's like, we'll be good. You know what I mean? His team, he knows they're going to be good. Now, on to the NHL. Hey, honestly, so like we thought that we thought the NBA was doing good, like with their bubble, the NHL, in my opinion, I guess right now is doing better. The NHL have admin- administered seven thousand plus COVID nineteen tests and reported zero positive tests. Zero, like seven thousand, bro. That is absolutely insane. I don't think there's even a thousand people in the bubble in the NBA. Twenty teams, like fifteen. No, I don't even think there's a thousand. Like maybe a thousand. But that is insane. Zero positive tests. So the NHL is doing it right. And NFL, Roger Goodell, go take notes, man. And in other news, uh, the Rangers sadly got knocked out of the playoff positioning or, like, possibility, whatever. So that kind of sucks because that's my team. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. The Islanders actually just got in today. They just sealed the deal, got posted their stamp to the playoffs. Cool to see it. 
Now, the Bruins actually lost the first seed. That is, this is kind of ridiculous. Um, they lost the first seed despite having the best record in the NHL because they lost the first. They lost three games in the round-robin tournament for the top four-seeded teams in each division. So, mathematically, it would be impossible for them to have, like, the first seed, which really kind of sucks, but it is what it is. They had the opportunity to hold it, to hold that number one seed, but, like, they played themselves, I guess, you know? So, there's that. <laughs> The four members, actually, of the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights knelt for the national anthem. This is the coolest thing to me. Like This is probably my, the highlight of my the whole podcast. So four members of the Dallas Stars and Vegas Golden Knights knelt for the national anthem. The U.S. national anthem and the Canadian national anthem. And this is amazing because, like, obviously right now this is, like, the America problem, the Americans' problems, the United States' problems. And they're Canadian base. you know what I mean? Like, everyone, you think hockey... You think Canada, like that's, they created hockey, they're the best ones at it, in the Olympics every year they win it, so it's amazing that they actually knelt during their national anthem, it's interesting honestly, because the, the only, the only reason I can think of that people here kneel for our national anthem is because there's no justice right now in America, there's no, like, you know what I mean, like it's really not honorable right now, that's the only reason I can think, but like, just, I don't know, the fact that they did that to their, like, own country, like, knelt down during our national anthem and their own is amazing. And that's just, like, what the world's about, and that is what bigger than sports means. That is the meaning bigger than sports. So, man, thank you guys for listening. This is, we've loved doing this, man. This is an amazing thing. And we will continue grinding. We'll continue putting out content. Um... We just love you guys. Thank you so much. All right, that's all I got for the NHL notes, and now I'm going to pass it on to the UFC slash boxing. Take it away, Jay. Thanks, YB. So um, we're going to move on to UFC and boxing. This is the last. Um, this is the last sport we're going to talk about, but. Um, to start, Dana White says Conor McGregor won't fight again in 2020, um, which I think I see why, right? So I don't think there's a single person in the UFC who's reached the amount of hype and fame as Conor McGregor. Like, at his peak, you know, he was talking trash to champions. Um, you know, he was beating champions. He be, he was the first person to become a double champion in UFC in two different um, weight divisions. So there's that. But um, the thing that makes him so popular is him being Irish, in my opinion. So every time there's a live fight, the live gate is what makes most of the money. You know, most of the people that come to the fight, if there's 40,000 people times you know whatever they pay for their ticket but um conor mcgregor you know is that fighter that if you're gonna have him <coughs> if you're gonna have him fight excuse me if, if you're gonna have him fight you should have a live gate to to make the most money because the thing about conor mcgregor is the star factor and when he's at a press conference and there's you know a few hundred people there um, or even more sometimes, you know, that's where he's going to get his popularity. That's where they're going to make a clip of him talking trash and it's going to go viral. So what, what Conor McGregor needs to 
make all his money in the UFC is live people. You know, a live fight in front of people, not just a pay-per-view. And that's why I think he won't be fighting again in 2020 because Dana White knows that if he if he's going to put Conor McGregor on a card, that card has to be able to make like at least an upwards of a million dollars because that's what we expect because Conor McGregor is so popular. But if he says he won't fight again in 2020, I don't know what's going to happen with the BF, BMF title fight with him and Jorge. But, I mean, I don't know. I think that Dana White obviously knows more than we we know. So we're just going to leave it at that for now until more um, info comes out. But I definitely think that's the main reason is that he wants Conor McGregor on a live gate to be able to, um, you know, maximize the profits because, you know, that's what they do with Conor. But um on to a more sad story with UFC um the Nevada commission extends suspensions for four UFC UFC fighters what am i saying Jamal Hill Tim Elliott Luis Peña and Mark Andre Barriot and it's because they all tested positive for marijuana which um doesn't make sense to me how if the if Nevada if weed is legal um that they're going to suspend people for weed but I mean, obviously, it's it's not a regulated drug in the fighting world. You know, people, it's not really allowed. I'm not sure why, but, you know, it's just, uh, it's sad that these dudes are going to get extended. I'm not sure why their suspensions are getting extended, but I'm pretty sure it probably has something to do with, like, you know, they were let off the hook because of Rona, and then, you know, they might have failed another test. I'm not sure, but um, it's definitely a sucky situation. You know, we've seen fighters, like, Nick Diaz, you know, not be able to fight because of weed suspension. So, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, these guys are not going to get paid from the UFC because they smoke some weed. But, you know, that's why uh, people are fighting so hard because, you know, they want this to be a common theme or they don't want it to be a common theme. They want in the future um, that athletes can smoke as much weed as they want. But, I mean... If it helps them, then it helps them. But on to the last news, but probably the most um, probably the most exciting news for, coming from the UFC. We have the uh, lightweight champion, Khabib Nurmagomedov, um, vows to drown Justin Gaethje in UFC lightweight title fight. This, I love. I love this because, you know, Khabib has a lot of weight on his shoulders following his dad's passing. Everyone's like, oh, he's he's almost 30 you know you know he's gonna he's gonna retire when he's 30 you know but um I think that this shows that Khabib has extreme confidence because in my opinion if any person in that division like I said last week if any person in that in the lightweight division has a chance to beat Khabib I think it's Justin Gaethje because Khabib loves to wrestle people to the ground and beat them up and it's not that that's a bad it's not that that's a bad um, that uh, strategy because obviously it's worked for 28 fights, 28 pro fights. Um, but Justin Gaethje, most people don't like to bring up the fact that he, that Justin Gaethje has Olympic, U.S. Olympic wrestling ties. You know what I mean? So if, and that's why he's so good because he, you know, he, he's so good at wrestling takedown defense 
that he stays up on his feet because that's where he wants to be. You know what I mean? So if Khabib, if if Khabib can't get him down, I don't have Khabib winning the fight. Just like I said last week, Gaethje is just, I can already tell, is going to be better on the feet. You know, he definitely punches harder than Khabib does. Um, all Khabib really has is, you know, his wrestling game, his takedown game, and his submission game, you know, like, he's never really, like, put down a dude like Justin Gaethje, so for him to say, I'm gonna drown Justin Gaethje, you know, I think that shows extreme confidence, you know, and I, I can respect that, especially coming from a dude who, you know, shouldn't, people think that he should, really shouldn't be, um, having a lot of confidence, but, yeah, that's all the news for the UFC, um, Thank y'all for listening. I'm pretty sure this is the season finale. So um, thank you guys for tuning in for a great season. Um, Hopefully we can come at you guys with some better content um, now that all these seasons are starting up. Um, But, you know, thanks for listening. You guys get at our socials, you know, subscribe on Spotify. Give us a like. Um, We appreciate y'all. Thank you guys for listening.